0: Be a matter of people never believing in Jesus Christ and that He is Lord because everyone will eventually every person is going to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and they're going to fall on their knees and they're going to proclaim it every single person for some uh, the time will be past for them to believe in Jesus Christ as their Savior. And it is, it is saddening, isn't it, to think of, especially those who we know and are close to and our relatives. Uh, But we continually preach the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is what God has called us to do. Regardless of the situation, regardless of the number of listeners. And praise God, since we uh, have been uh, broadcasting across the world on the Internet, uh, we may be few in the assembly, but God has promised that the gospel will never return unto him uh, without accomplishing that which he sends it forth to do. It's the Spirit of God that makes effectual the Word of God and changes the hearts, isn't it? It is. And we praise God that He has promised that His Word shall not return unto Him void. All right. So let's return to our text in Ephesians chapter 6. We have been teaching on the whole armor of God for uh, several lessons now. We began uh, with the helmet, the helmet of salvation. We looked at how, when you're saved, the Holy Spirit of God quickens your heart and, in doing so, changes your mindset. Changes the affection and love of your heart from the things of this world and the things, uh, the things that you love in this world, to love for Him. In doing so, He gives you a helmet of salvation. And that helmet is protective from the fiery darts of the wicked, as uh, Paul puts it. And let me tell you, the wicked are firing darts at you today. Hopefully, you recognize it. And you put on this helmet of salvation. You realize that you are protected by this helmet of salvation. And that your salvation is secure in He who designed and gave us this way of living for Him. It's necessary that we have a good foundation to stand on as we live every day for Christ. As every day... We put Him first. We put what He has called us to do first in our lineup of things to think about, give our attention to, say and do as we live for Him. We have to have that foundation. And that foundation is faith in Jesus Christ. It's faith. We're going to look today... uh, for a little bit, at the shield of faith. But first, let us uh, go over this foundation or these last few lessons. Uh, all of us who are here this morning have been here for these previous lessons. However, those who are listening uh, possibly on sermon audio this morning or today or tonight have not. So, we realize that when God saves us, He saves us eternally. That this mindset and this new heart that He's given us when He saved us is safe in Him. Because we're standing on the faith that He's given us to trust in what He did for us on the cross of Calvary that we were unable to do for ourselves. No one qualified to please the Father but Jesus Christ. And as we stand on that foundation, that faith, that faith that we have overcomes all of our enemies. It really does. Because all of our enemies' threats, all of our enemies' fiery darts, are focused at him and he cannot be penetrated because he is the perfect savior that lived the perfect life Satan can't accuse him only falsely as the Jews did they had to falsely accuse him because he hadn't done anything wrong he had only done everything right he lived that life for you he gave up that life voluntarily for you but it was a perfect life see and accepted by god it was a sacrifice that pleased god the father all right we saw in philippians 14:8 that we're told how to think Now, the helmet protects the mind, doesn't it? The brain and the mind. And after we're saved, the Bible tells me that we have the mind of Christ. And so in Philippians 4.8, he tells us to think on these things. If you want to keep your mind clean, if you want to keep your mind uh, filtered from the things of the world that are constantly bombarding your way of thinking, do this. That's basically what he's saying to the church at Philippi. Think on the things that are honest. The things that are honest. Who was honest their entire life and never told a lie? Jesus Christ, see. Think on these things, things that are honest. Well, where's the baseline of honesty? It's Jesus Christ, of course, isn't it? Think on these things. The things that are just. Jesus Christ was just. You know that we are justified by His perfect life being given up for us. It had to be paid. See, justice is not something that can be swept under the rug or ignored God is a holy, righteous God. Sin will be paid for. Now, do we suffer in this life because of our sins? We do. We suffer because of our sins. But He suffered for our sins, you see, for payment of our sins that God accepted. Think on these things. Think on things that are pure. Who was pure? and is eternally Jesus Christ. You see, everything that we are supposed to think on brings us back to Him, doesn't it? Always does. No matter what our problem is, Jesus is the answer. He always is. Think on the things that are lovely. Well, in the sight of God, who was lovely? His Son. Certainly not me. His Son, I'm seen as honest, just, pure, and lovely. Why? Because God is looking through Him to see me. Through that cloak of righteousness, His righteousness, that He has wrapped me in. Oh, praise God. He loved me anyway, in spite of myself. Think on the things of good report. God himself at Jesus' baptism says this is my son in whom I am well pleased. He brought a good report, didn't he? I didn't always have a good report card to bring home to my father. Rarely, actually. (laughs) But Jesus Christ did. Perfect, 100%. In every aspect that God sent him to do, he fulfilled completely, didn't he? Think on these things that are virtuous. It's Jesus Christ, isn't it? And praise him. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed By the renewing of your mind. And that renewing of your mind is that you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Jesus fulfilled the will of God for him and for his life. And through him and his life, he has and is fulfilling his will in your life and in my life. Oh, what confidence we should have, even in adversity, even in pain or sickness or loss, confusion. We can have much, much, much confidence. The helmet of salvation keeps our head lifted up in times of distress or temptation we saw. Then we look at the sword of the Spirit. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. It is breathed out by God. He's the one, in the end of the book, that had the sword proceeding out of His mouth. Sharper than any two-edged sword. On one side cuts us down and shows us that we're failures when it comes to living for God. That we are sinners. And the other side shows us, it cuts deep and shows us that we have life eternal in Jesus Christ. Because He gives us this trust, this faith in Him. And it's a solid faith. Rock solid because it depends on and stands on the rock of salvation, Jesus Christ Himself. Yes, it's an offensive weapon, we saw, and destroys strongholds of error and falsehoods, and they are everywhere. Everywhere you go, everything you see, most everything you hear, there are errors that people are making with God's Word. There's no errors in God's Word. And there's some very real uh, things that will happen to people who take away from God's Word or change it or preach falsehoods from it, especially when it takes away From the well deserved glory of Jesus Christ, who paid in full the price for your salvation. All right, we saw the sword of spirit was alive, powerful. Now we're in Ephesians chapter 6. Our text says from verse 11 Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. They are real. They are daily. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. One of the things that that uh, spiritual wickedness in high places, I think, means is they have authority on this earth. They have authority in our governments. They have authority in those who are rulers over us. They don't have authority over us. Verse 13 says, Wherefore, because of this, in sight of the fact that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against all of these principalities and powers, the rulers of darkness against spiritual wickedness in these high places, because of that, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, why? That you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Brothers and sisters, we are in the evil day today. That's right. And having done all to stand. That's a big word, isn't it? All. Having done all to stand. What is all? It's putting on the whole armor of God, isn't it? It is. These are directions for life right here. Verse 15, I'm sorry. Stand therefore, verse 14, having your loins girt about with truth. It matters. It matters that we don't change the truth of God's Word. It matters that we preach it as it was taught by those inspired by God. And have it on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And above all, take that in. Above all, verse 16, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Faith. The shield of faith. Now this shield, back in Paul's day, a lot of times it was interpreted as a door. It was that large. And it protected the whole body. In lots of battle circumstances. It was also a defensive, uh, I mean an offensive uh, shield in that the soldiers could group together side by side and push back the enemy. The shields were that durable, that strong Above all, take the shield of faith first John five four. First John chapter five verse one whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that beget loveth him also that is begotten of him if you' are born of God you love him don't you By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. How? By faith, you see. With this shield of faith. Above all, take the shield of faith. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even... Our faith. It's our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? That faith is strong. That shield of faith It's designed to help us stand our ground. We want people to know where we stand. That we stand on the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That He lived His perfect life for us. That He gave His life up on the cross. But death couldn't hold Him. What what brings about death? Sin, right? He didn't know any sin, did He? Death had no hope on Him, did it? No, He allowed Himself to be put there. To be put in that tomb for three days. He allowed it for you. He allowed it for me. What a great Savior. It helps us to stand our ground. You know Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Our faith is strengthened how? By the Word of God. As we dwell in it. As we seek Him in it. He's there. He's there from Genesis 1 all the way to the end of Revelation. Jesus Christ is there. It's all about Him. There's a golden thread that runs all the way through this book, and it is the absolute, get that word, absolute sovereignty of God. He's in control of all things. Oh, we can rest on Him. We see our country deteriorating. We see the morals of our country just falling apart. We see our families falling apart. Yet we can have peace in our heart knowing that God's in control. Knowing that all these things are in His perfect plan. This is a great faith. It's a saving faith. It's a faith with power. Power to save. Power to sustain. Your salvation is eternal. Why? Because it came from an eternal God. From an eternal Savior. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight, whatever is holding you down, whatever is holding you back, whatever uh, you're allowing to pollute your mind as you walk in this life for Jesus Christ. Lay it aside. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily, so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. That's your life that you're running. We have to run with patience because we're constantly dealing with this enemy and the fiery darts of the enemy. How do we do it? Verse 2 tells us explicitly by looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. You didn't come up with it. You didn't decide it. No, God has always loved you. If you're His, you have been written in the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. The pride of man doesn't want to receive that, does it? Doesn't want to accept that. Why? Because it takes all credit away from him, away from mankind, doesn't it? It does. And it puts the truth forth that God's plan for you has always been in effect. He is the sovereign God of all the universes. We're so small, we don't even know how many universes there are, do we? Not at all. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Praise God. Jonah knew, didn't he? Jonah knew. He went through some tough times. Three days is some really tough times. But God taught him something through it, didn't he? He taught him that salvation is only of the Lord. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, not only is he the author, but he's the finisher of our faith. There again is our confidence of an eternal life in him. who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross. What joy was that? Your eternal life with Him. The execution of His perfect plan to redeem you. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And here, in the next verse, is where we get our strength. For consider Him. Whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, whatever pain you're enduring, consider Him. And all oh, of your problems will seem so small, won't they? They really will. Consider Him. But He endures such contradiction of sinners against Himself. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Praise God. We won't be wearied and faint in our minds. Though the enemy wants to sow doubt and fear into us, he wants to fire these fiery darts of doubt and fear. Where does he want to hit us in? Right in the heart. Oh, but praise God. We have a new heart. We have a new life. And it's based on a rock-solid faith that Jesus Christ has given us. Oh, He's a great Savior, isn't He? Amen. What a Savior. May God bless the reading of His Word this day. As He has promised not to allow it to return unto Him void, But I believe that He will use it by His Holy Spirit to quicken hearts and give enlightenment to those that are lost.